face. Welcome to the Game Changing Podcast, a show where we learn game-changing principles from top performers. We have a lot of fun too, from business, sports, personal development, and more. Did I mention we have fun? My mission is to spark conversations that will give you something today to impact your life tomorrow. Enjoy today's episode. Howdy doody. It's me again, Anissa. Yes, at the Game Changing Podcast. And, you know, I think every week, this is just getting better and better and better. Today, you think once I would have a prince on my uh, show. I don't. I have a king on my show. Yes, he owns a king, dumb, in Africa. You heard me. Kingdom in Africa. His name is Nono Kwame. And that's not even the full name. It's like a paragraph long name. So, you know, just like kids get nicknames. He got a nickname with me already. More importantly, though, you're not going to believe how he got that kingdom and where he's come from. We all have a story, right? That's what we're here. We're talking about game changers. He went from being in prison, trying to understand entrepreneurship, to owning a kingdom after he got out of prison. No story has you held back but your own mindset, which is your own story. So without further ado, I can't tell his story better than him. So here he is. Kevin, welcome, Dr. Kevin Jackson. Voila. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Oh, oh, man, man, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It is a privilege. It is an honor to be on the broadcast, the game-changing podcast today. Oh, wow, because truly you're, you're a game-changer, Anissa, and I'm, I'm thankful to be have met you and I allow our life paths to cross that the universe saw fit that we both will be able to contribute together to a society. And so I'm just so, so elated. I'm so honored and a privilege. And I thank you for inviting me on your broadcast to share my story, just to mm. simply share my story. That's what I want to do today. As you have already, thank you for the intro. Um, my name is Dr. Kevin T. Jackson, also in um, the kingdom of, of Ghana, West Africa. My name is Nana Kwame Itziai II. I um, am developing the first school of entrepreneurship in all of Ghana, West Africa, also building out a, a, and developing a city as we go along. And so and all the things that go along with having a city in in Africa. And so um, I just think I'm just so thankful. And it didn't start that way, as you have already shared. You know, uh, we, we had an opportunity to chat a little bit about mothers right before the broadcast. And I can recall where my journey of introduction to entrepreneurship had began. And it began with my mother, you know, many, many years ago. Though it may not seem that long, but it was many years ago. Um, I was about uh, 10 to 12 years old. And I was riding with my mother in the car along with my other three siblings. And, and she had just achieved a certain level of, of success in her career and um, what she was doing in entrepreneurship at the time. Uh, she had uh, got notar uh, notarized as, you know, the top producer in her particular field in the particular state of Florida. And she looked to her kids, you know, in all innocence and in all elation. And she said, when y'all grow up, I don't want y'all to have to work for anybody. I want y'all to be entrepreneurs. 
And it was at that moment, this, those big words falling on this little 10-year-old kid's ears, all I could think was, my mom wants me to be a dinosaur when I grow up. And I was just so happy, you know, with that word entrepreneur was my first introduction. I'll never forget it to this day. And I'll never forget that conversation. However, what mom understood as entrepreneur and then what, what I understood and interpreted entrepreneur was two totally different visions, two totally different pictures. Because what as I began to grow in age and what I saw in my society and my surroundings as entrepreneurship was individuals that were not involved in what you would consider legitimate business. Although they were in business, uh, some of us was considered pharmaceutical business. They were not in a legitimate <laughs> authorized and licensed pharmaceutical <laughs> business. In other words, they were in the drug trade, the illegal drug trade, that is, mm-hmm. you know, and so uh, but. It really caught my attention as, you know, the same goes, association brings on a simulation. And I began to draw and be mesmerized and magnetized by the influences of those that were in, in, in involved in illegal activities. Uh, fast forward, you know, as I saw that as one of the uh, pathways to entrepreneurship, I mean, not working for anybody, but actually working for myself and having a, lot, a ladder to actually climb within the drug trade. I find myself at the ripe young age of 19, standing before a jury of my peers facing a life sentence for a kingpin status. And that's where in my, you know, my kind of my story uh, has its, its journey from kingpin so king in, in Africa, you know, and so uh, although I was unable to be persuasive and convince the jury that I just wanted to be that dinosaur, I just wanted to be that entrepreneur, um, they uh, ended up um, sentencing me not to a life sentence because of my youthfulness. The judge said he was going to show me a little compassion and he sentenced me to 27 years. Well, in 1993, 27 years, and receiving an uh, outdate of 2016 back in the early 90s, for those of us who are you know familiar with the early 90s, I was like, man, by the time I get out of here, cars are going to be flying. He gave me, they gave me a Buck Roger date. You know, I was like, man, my life is over as I know it. And But it was during that time of my incarceration that I realized the, that, you know, it was my lack of knowledge, my lack of education that had led to my present situation. And so I began to educate myself, although I didn't do well at all in high school, in junior high school, middle school, as we know it in these days and times. I um, I actually, you know, got put back a couple of times, but I would I was I was one of those types that I would get put back. But at the last minute, I would perform. I would come through and I would get my attention and I'll be able to get promoted to the next grade through summer school. But from the ninth grade to the 12th grade, well, to the 11th grade, I got set back every single year, every single year. But when crunch time came, I would take my focus off of the streets, off of the girls, off of everything else. And I focus on the books in some kind of way. I just was able to uh, graduate actually on time, you know, but it was graduating with a 1.4 grade point average. However, now that I was in a place where I can really gain my focus and, and, and find out and seek out a purpose in life, the game began to change for me. And my new hustle began to be education. I began to educate myself and educate myself. And I began to get involved in understanding marketing. I got associate's degree in business and marketing. 
went on and got a, a bachelor's degree. I began to find my roots in spirituality and I got a master's degree in theological theological study. I began to become theological and I began to be a philosopher and philosopher in life and trying to find my way in life. And, you know, but I went on to achieve a doctorate and then a double doctorate um, in, 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 in international business relations. And so now fast forward about, you know, uh, actually 18 and a half years while I was uh, incarcerated it seems like a short time now, but man, it's mm-hmm. almost two decades. I was almost incarcerated for almost two whole decades, you know, almost 20 years. I mean, what, uh, 18 months shy of, of 20 years of I was incarcerated. But during that time, I didn't allow the time to do me, but I did the time. I made more wise use of the time. I actually took on the thing that I had from a, a biblical scripture called redeeming the time, making wise use of the time, redeeming, buying back the time. So that time began to be very profitable for me because um, I began to work on self-development. I got in the best health of my life. And it was through those times of being, you know, being able to have a rig- rigorous uh, health um, and exercise condition. I mean, it was like I was depositing things in the bank in, in the bank for times that I wasn't wasn't going to be able to to you know pay as close attention to my health as I was able to do for those, that time of eighteen and a half years. So I also contribute that time of focusing on self development that helps and assists me. It's also depositing in the bank. It's adding years to your life. Because I'm thankful that, you know, I'm uh, almost 50 and I don't have any health issues other than the ones that I'll share with you. Uh, but I have no uh, health issues like diabetes and all, you know, like uh, high blood pressure and all of those things. And I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm, I'm very thankful. But what ended up happening is that I was finally released at this ripe young age of 37 years old. Mm-hmm. And I was able to come out after 18 and a half years, keeping in mind the transition that took place while I was in, while I was in, I, you know, we didn't have cell, well, a few of us had cell phones, you know, a couple of individuals that were high level of business and individuals that were just in different trades like myself. I was one of the few individuals that walked around with a cell phone back in the early 90s. But now when I come home, everybody got cell phones, got navigation systems, got all kinds of things that that life had changed. We had the internet, Facebook, and a lot of things that we didn't have access to when I first went in. So now I had to make that adjustment. But I knew um, based on uh, while I was on the inside, I had begun to educate myself in the field of real estate. And I'm fortunate, uh, man, it's just how, how life takes a turn for the better for you when you're committed. I was fortunate to meet one of my, my key uh, uh, mentors uh, that that um, actually, while I was on the inside, his name is Robert G. Allen. I was on the inside. I came across this book called Multiple Streams of Income. You know, and I began to read that book, that book and I was like, man, I really like this book. I really like this author that he created. He had. So I looked at some of the other books that have like it's called creating wealth. And so I began to learn the difference between wealth and being rich. And so I knew that when I get got came finally got the opportunity to be released that I want to begin on a journey to create wealth. And the wealth starts within as I've come to learn. And so finally, the game changed for me again upon my release. And when I was released, I knew 
that being released, having a double doctorate, all these degrees, all, you know, having more degrees than a thermometer just about. I just knew <laughs> that no one was going to hire me for what my worth was. You know? And although, you know, I, you know, I didn't depend, I wasn't going to rely on those degrees. It was just what I had in, in my, my pastime to make wise use of my time. I, I knew that that would also position, put me in better positions in life. But I knew that if I was to create those, um, if I was going to get in that position, it was going to be some, a lot of the creation of my own. And so I began to realize that I was, through creating opportunities for myself as well as others through entrepreneurship that I would be able to achieve my life goals. So I chose the path of real estate based on being introduced to real estate as I shared when I was on the inside. And it took me a little while to get my, get my footing and get my, um, get my step with the real estate. I, I started out, you know, with no money at all, you know, and I, I learned a different art. It was called wholesaling. And I started wholesaling properties till I got to the point where I was able to partner with individuals and we started buying. I became an actual buyer of properties. And then I ended up linking up with a hedge fund and started selling to the actual hedge fund. Then I ended, ended up linking up with international partners. And then I began to see eight figure years in real estate investing. So I went from nothing to you know, just doing multiple um, millions of dollars in real estate investing. And then at the height of my real estate success, I one day was traveling home from the office and I fell asleep at the wheel and bam, I find myself, I find myself, you know, running into the back of a dump truck at a hundred miles an hour. And it left me with a lot of life-threatening diseases. I mean, not diseases. Thank God, no diseases. A life, a lot of life-threatening injuries. It's a big yeah. difference. Yeah. <laughs> and so, with um, with, with the life-threatening uh, injury, my foot was completely amputated and taken away from my body. Uh, my face, my right side of my face, was broken. Uh, my uh, actual right side, my arm and everything was broken. My pelvis was split in half. My intestines was was all jumbled up. And to, to make the matter worse, I was in a coma. And so after waking up out of a coma, about six, seven days later, I find myself, you know, having to go on another journey. The game had changed for me again. Now I end up being in the bed, for, um, the hospital bed for three, almost four months. And there was life had taken on a new challenge for me because although I had been stopped by that dump truck, life didn't stop. Everybody else and everything on uh, continued to go on. How Although my life had been brought to a screaming halt and the game had changed for me, not for the better, but for, I would say, for the benefit. You know, because I, as I sat there, I began to uh, fight for my life. I was on life support and fighting to to recover. And it just all the things that I had encountered in life that helped to fortify and strengthen me. Now I had to apply it. You know, it was it was you know, it was it was it was serious. And so um, I'm thankful that after 14 surgeries and, and three years of recovery, uh, doctors saying that I would never walk again and things of that nature, but I had to uh, go with what 
I believed and what others have believed and spoken to me as well to say, now, you're not going to only walk again, you're going to run again. And so I just had to believe and, and, and take note of that as opposed to taking note of what the doctors had ordered. Um, so I was able to travel the nation and finally found a doctor that was that's, that took a chance on putting me back on my feet. And so after uh, he, they actually did three surgeries out of the 14 surgeries. And I was finally able to be put on my feet back again after three and a half years. And so from that time, you know, I, uh, uh, that last surgery that I had, I began to realize the brevity of life because when we're, when I, when you're getting ready to repair for surgery, it's, 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 you know, you don't know what to expect and you're just sitting there talking like we're talking now. And the next thing you know, you're waking up. I'm like, whoa, you know, you're talking to the doctor. They didn't give you the anesthesia and they tried to get your mind off of what's going on. And you're just talking and then just, you just, you know, you're out and you wake back up and it's, oh, it's done. I'm like, what do you mean it's done? I mean, I would, last thing I remember, I was just in a conversation with a doctor and I went out and and, and y'all are bringing me back. And so I realized the brevity of life. And through that, I realized that any time during any of those, uh, operations, which were 14, uh, any time when I was on life support or I was thrown from the car, but standing mangled in the middle, laying in the middle of the street, I could have transitioned. I could have went on, but I was here for a reason. I was here for a purpose. And that purpose was far beyond just me accumulating wealth and building wealth for myself. So I was able to launch um, my, uh, my company, Your First Millions. And then that your first millions is actually uh, it's, it's a trilogy that encompasses how I was able to succeed in life. In the trilogy, I mean, and that is threefold. First, you have to envision and see what it is that you where you desire to be. Everything that I've that I've done and accomplished in life, I always saw myself. I envisioned it before I actually acted on it. So I envisioned, I saw it. So that was the first aspect of the trilogy of why a film, your first millions. And then the second one is that, which I always apply. Once I see it, I begin to do it. I begin to act on what I envision. I begin to uh, course correct. If I need to course correct, I begin to get on the clear path to what it is that I envision myself and I begin to work towards it. And so from there, the third aspect of the trilogy is I be, I become. And so we can take those three aspects of the trilogy and, and just clarify. And I see it as we are humans seeing. We are humans that are always seeing. We are seeing things. We are envisioning things. But sometimes there are individuals that have lost their sight, that have lost their vision. You know, but we are humans that are seeing. And if we can see our way, then we can begin to do it. We are actually humans doing. We begin to do. We do what we see and what we envision. And most of all, which we are most familiar with, we are humans being. We are being. And so that YFM, your first millions, envisioning and seeing yourself, because even I can recall when I began to understand entrepreneurship, as my mom translated it unto me, as I began to understand it, I always knew that I wanted to be a millionaire or better. I never met, and I'm still looking for that person that's young or old. When I ask them, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up, you know, financial-wise? I never heard anybody yet say, I want to be a thousandaire. I want to be a hundredaire. Everybody wants to be a millionaire, and now it's very popular to be a billionaire. But coming up, when I was growing up, it was, I want to be a millionaire. And so um, 
And so <laughs> that's your first minute. Envisioning yourself in your financial goals, whatever that may be, uh, way beyond the thousands, way beyond the hundreds, one million, ten million, five million, envision it. Then beginning to work towards it because your freedoms matter. That's right. Why YFM, your financial freedom matters. It's something that you're going to have to fight for. I had to fight for my freedom, my financial freedom. I had to fight for my physical physical freedom first When I'm as a result of me making bad decisions on my journey of entrepreneurship and ended up, ended up finding myself in, in incarceration. Every step of the way, I continuously fought for my for my physical freedom. But then when I began to, to, to um, have the opportunity upon my release, it was a fight for my financial freedom. No one just came and said, here's your financial goal. What did you say you want? You want a million? Here it is right here. You you know, some people win the lottery, but that's, you know, that's totally different from what I'm um, sharing today. You know, um, um, I had to fight for my financial freedom. And then for, for fighting for my financial freedom, I began to see my faith or your faith manifested by FM. That's the third aspect of the trilogy. Your faith manifested. Right now, our lives are the sum total of what we truly believe, what we're seeing and with our eyes, what we're doing with our actions, and what we're being in our life. We are human beings, and our life is a sum total right now of and of who we are and what we what we are being. And so, um, I'm just I'm just so thankful and grateful that I can't say that I've arrived at the pinnacle of where I desire to be in life because that would mean that life is over for me. I feel that there's so much more purpose for me. And as I received the call uh, about a year or so ago, a little over a year, one of my my friends that was involved in the trafficking and illegal activities with me, um, he had went on another journey in his life. While I went off to the federal penitentiary, he went off to college and, and went off to a career and went off to discovery of where he, he actually was rooted in his ancestry and things of that nature and it led him back to Africa. But years later, as he heard and got whiff of what I was doing and the success that I had achieved, he contacted me and he had he was over in Africa at the time. And he said, Kevin, um, um, we have um, the queen mother over here and we have the villages and we have schools that need to be built. We have you know needs that need to be met. And, you know, we destroyed our, our people when we were younger. You know, we distributed that poison and all that stuff. Now is our opportunity to to give back. And so I committed to giving back by buying schools and think, I mean, building schools and things of that nature. But one of the things I shared, I said, if there was a school, if I began to build these schools, what I would want them to be is schools of entrepreneurship. And just so happened, unbeknownst to me, that I um, was the first one to come with that concept in all of Ghana, West Africa. That's a that's a whole continent. That's a whole uh, country. You yeah. know, in, in that country, you know, they they acknowledged me for being the first one to come to their country with the actual development of a school that is focused on entrepreneurship. And because of the things that I, I have contributed and continuously to contribute to the country, um, they in turn honor me with kingship. <laughs> you know, so you take this young kid that was just trying to find his way and found his way into a lot of trouble. I, you know, I was good at finding my way, but I found my way into a lot of trouble. And then it took me a long time to find my way out of that trouble, 18 and a half years to be exact. 
And then I, I had to find my way through entrepreneurship and, and starting with nothing again and trying to build, you know, an honest living this time when I, I've been given a second chance and I just want to do it right this time. And then when I get to the pinnacle of what I finally achieved, my life goals, and, and as I want to stand at the top of the mountain and just scream and shout, you know, I find myself <laughs> fighting for my life <laughs> and on life support. And so things didn't actually go as I anticipated. But as one of my mentors say, when things go wrong, when life goes wrong, don't go wrong with it. And so I was just so thankful that through the experiences that was divinely orchestrated in my life, all the things that I look that I went through, I, I now look back and, and I see that it was all strategically planned. It was, it was, and there was certain levels of the game constantly changing in my life. I can, I can seriously tell you that the, the game that I was playing as a teenager, uh, a, a, a teenager, uh, trying to weave my way through the streets, um, I'm not playing that game anymore. The game I played while I was incarcerated, you know, uh, and trying to just survive through life and stick to myself and not end up a martyr, you know, in, 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 in prison, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a part of that game anymore. And then when I came home and I had the game change for me again, and now I had to find my way from nothing because there were many options and obstacles that was placed before me, opportunities to take the shortcut once again. It was easy access. It was easy to just say, you know what, I'm going to choose. I, I did it before. I can do it again, but I can do it better this time. But in sort of choosing that, I chose the path that, that had more resistance. Many times we choose the path of least resistance. I threw, chose a path of resistance. And just like when you when you go into and you're working out in the gym and you have to, in order for that muscle to grow, there has to be a level of resistance. But the the, the, the stronger the resistance and the more you, that muscle is able to take, the more that muscle is able to grow, the more that muscle is able to grow stronger. And so it is with me. And in my life, I've had much resistance, even to this day, even now, as I've uh Going to other countries, you know, and, and, and made my imprint in other nations, and I still have daily resistance, daily options. But the game that is that has changed for me now is totally different. And so, no matter where we may be at in life, in the game of life, where you're at, the game is going to continue to change for the better. And sometimes that that it seems for the worse, but that worse. Uh, if I look and I say that, okay, when I was incarcerated, that was a bad situation, but it turned out to be a great situation because I, when I, I sat down at the age of 19 and I counted my close friends and associates that had been murdered in the streets of Jacksonville, it was over 21. It had become a common place to me. And it was just only a matter of time before I would be in the number. I consider myself, I said, man, I'm not going to live to be 21. I gave myself that. I said, I'm not going to live to be 21. So I live reckless. I, I had no care in the world. However, I was able to be sat down and, and I had to re, re, refocus myself. And then from that refocus, I was able to realize that, man, there is more to life than what I've previously been exposed to. And then I began to get it. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised of what you come across in, 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 in prison, the different mentalities, different nationalities, different individuals and different mindsets. And it was in there that I was able to turn around and go through 
that those those and, and, and get exposed to those different mindsets. And from getting exposed to those different mindsets, I was able to grow. I was able to grow. I got different mentors and different individuals that would that would invest in me and, and didn't want to see me as a young young man make the same mistakes continuously. And so when I came home, now I felt that I had an advantage, although I was at such great disadvantage, if that makes sense. And so continuously, I see those obstacles. I see those options. I mean, those those obstacles and those oppositions as great opportunities for us to turn it around, for us to do better, for, for us to get stronger. The greater the opposition, the, uh, the greater, the stronger you become. And as you become stronger, you're able to, to, to make greater impact. And so I'm just so excited. I'm so excited now of the things that I'm able to do uh, here, in, here, in, here in our nation. The beautiful nation. I, I, I've been able to travel, you know, around the world, but I still love the United States. The United mm-hmm. States will always be my first home, although I, I have gained love for Israel and other countries uh, that I've been to, I've partnered in, I've been business in, but I still love the United States of America and the contribution that I'm able to give back to other less fortunate communities and, and, and less fortunate uh, nations. Uh, I'm, I'm honored, and once again, I'm just thankful for being able to allow the game to change for me to now be a game changer and help game change the game for so many others, especially those in, 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 in less fortunate uh, situations than myself. So I'm honored. Um, thank you for the podcast. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to just share uh, a little bit about my story. It goes so much more in depth. There's so many different layers in every aspect and every chapter of my life. There were so many more details, but I'm just so thankful for the highlights of what you allow me to share in the time that we have together. And so, I mean, I'm open, and, you know, to just, just, I'm, I'm thankful. I don't even know where to start, right? That was about, uh, that was only a highlight. That was like one of those, uh, on ESPN, those 30 for 30s, it's just a highlight reel of your life. Because <laughs> yeah. I, even then, the, the, the finite amount of time that I've known you, know more. And it's, you're making a profound impact with your story. That's the difference. You're not mm-hmm. letting your story make you a victim. You're letting mm-hmm. your story turn you into a hero so that mm-hmm. others don't experience the same People are going to go, why did he think entrepreneurship was a dinosaur? (laughs) Right. Big word, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you can share that. Right. We can go in many avenues here. You you have a summit coming up in September. I'm not going to let him glaze over this because someone in the past has let him like sideline it. And when you have a message that's for you to deliver, you have to deliver that message at the summit. So let's at least speak about that summit because that will impact so many people as your story has. I mean, you went from learning about entrepreneurship in a car to doing the only opportunity that you knew to do at the time, which was pharmaceuticals, drugs, however you'd like to phrase it, to not only repenting for the time, but growing during that time. And like you said, making the best of that time, right? Not letting mm-hmm. it rule you. 
and keeping your head down and keeping yourself centered upon yourself has now been a game changer for you. You've got out. It wasn't easy. You glazed over the when I got out part. Mm -hmm. After 18 years in prison, it was not easy. It's a whole new world. Think of a kid being born and then a kid being 18 years old. That's how much you missed. So I want to know more about the summit so that the, everybody, if they'd like to attend or want the option to be, you know, change their life, move in a different direction. Cause it's not just about money. You made a lot of money. It glazed over that a million dollars a month, but that's, that's a result of you putting your heart set, your mindset, your gut set and all in alignment. And yeah, now absolutely. you radiate. So share more. Yeah, so we have um, the YFM uh, first annual conference. It's, uh, it's actually legends of, of, of entrepreneurship. And I'm just um, collectively with individuals have, that have impacted my life over time. I'm honored to begin to share the stage with them with regards to sharing and impacting others with that entrepreneurship and helping others uh, that to get on that path of entrepreneurship as, as was shared, you know, um, why did I consider entrepreneurship was a dinosaur? And, you know, as a 10 year old, put your mind as a, in a 10 year old kid, you know, all I can think or equate it to was a Tyrannosaurus Rex or one of these other things that we were studying in school. And so that's what, when I heard entrepreneurship, I'm still having difficulty spelling it. And I'm, you know, been, been one for many years. I'm like, okay, entrepreneur, I left the R, where is you put the E and entrepreneur. And just sometimes that's, you know, the U and, and just, you know, I'm still having challenges. Now you entered you into a lot of penures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That you don't realize until you get yeah. in deep and you go, how do I get out of this beep shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not just a fancy word of business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. There's there's more to it than that. So definitely you're yeah. right. Uh, it is not a dinosaur. It is not even new. It's just mm -hmm. new that you're bringing it forward to say, here's how you do it. Here's what Absolutely. it really looks like on the inside, not just the outside with the fancy word. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm just so, you know, I'm thankful, you know, and like I said, we are still having the uh, guest list and everything, but I'll, just, I'll definitely uh, be keeping you uh, abreast and posted as I have invited you to be one of the, the speakers as well to help us, you know, just continue to make impact. And so the Game Changer podcast has really made great impact and really helped. And I'm just honored once again. So. <laughs> and Kevin, you bring up the most beautiful point. When you got out, none of those license, none of those degrees, like you said, you have more degrees than a thermometer does. None of those really were for anybody other than you to make certain you had what you needed for entrepreneurship, right? Correct. Um, they will not give you an opportunity. All that you give yourself the opportunity. They mm -hmm. give you the foundation to build upon the opportunity. They give, like Oprah says, your opportunity is when uh, the the timing and the the it presents itself, and you're ready. 
right? Mm-hmm. And you were ready yeah. when you got out. Let's fill in that gap for a moment because I know how tough it was. Someone had to, after 18 years, say, I trust in you. I believe in you. Let's do something together, right? You cannot live in this world alone. This game mm-hmm. of world involves at least two. That's why God made two to make one. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, 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 I'm so thankful that you brought that up because as I, I look back, you know, when I first came home, I wish you I can I can give you the infomercial like everyone else does. I came, I made a million dollars. It just went so easy. I mean, for the first eight months, I struggled. I struggled, you know, and this was eight months after, you know, first you go to what is called like the halfway house. I was there for six months. Then when I got out of the halfway house, I was um, um, I was staying at my dad's um, one of his uh parts of townhouses that he allowed me to stay at and um I couldn't pay the rent I couldn't I, I couldn't make those ends meet at the time I was always having more month than I was money and so my dad was like hey you're gonna have to come stay with, stay with us until you get yourself together I'm like man I'm a grown man how am I gonna go back staying with mom and dad I was like and then I also had my kids at the time they were 18 and 20. I said, hey, give me, give me um six months. I'm going to have us a place. Have us a place to stay. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just knew I was going to do it. And so it ended up not taking six months, but it took me an actual year. And the story goes is I finally did my first few deals after eight, eight, eight months. And then I, I, I began to get traction, but I began to come across what is called the feast in the famine. You know, I would do a deal and I think I'm on top of the world. I'm Bill Gates, you know, and I have a little couple of thousand dollars <laughs> of the next, you know, <laughs> I'm broke. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that went quick. <laughs> you know, so I just, you know, was having those times and I came across this one time I was at a famine stage and I had all these properties now that I had, uh, to, to market and invest. And I had people calling me, but I didn't have money to put in my gas tank. I'm like, oh man, you know what I'm saying? And people calling me, I can't even go show on the property. And so I turned, um, looked around the house and I found these golf clubs that when I first came home, my brother-in-law was cleaning out his garage and he said, hey, you know, you want these golf clubs? I said, well, I don't know how to play golf, but I heard the deals are done on the golf course. So I, I, I take those golf clubs out, you know. And so and it was those golf clubs that I had saw sitting over in the corner that I was like, man, this is my, I can, I can, I can, I can get some money with these. And so me thinking they were worth a couple hundred dollars, which would have been a lot for me at that time and having nothing. I went and I go, went, go to the pawn shop. And I, um, <laughs> I tried to pawn those golf clubs and they offered me $10. I'm like, man, $10? <laughs> you think I want some kind of drugs or something. <laughs> so I put them back in the car and I um, go to the next pawn shop, which is a street, the main street, and they have a couple of pawn shops on the street. So I went to the next pawn shop, taking golf clubs in there. I said, hey, man, I want to pawn these golf clubs. They said, man, we'll give you $20. I'm like, $20? And I know that these golf clubs got to be worth more than that. And so um, I go, I put the I go put the golf clubs in the backseat of the car, crank the car, put it in reverse. And I look, I said, man, I'm not going to even make it out this parking lot. So I go and I throw it back in park and I go and I said, man, I'll take that $20. 
Well, back then, um, you know, you could survive, well, not survive, but you could at least get a Happy Meal or you can get something from McDonald's for about $5. So I took that $20, I put $15 in my gas tank, continued to show the houses, and I took $5 for my food. I said, man, this is, <laughs> this is what I got. And so a month later, I'm riding down the same street, not far from there, and I get a call, and it's like the universe knew I get a call and I say, hey, man, what you going to do with these golf clubs? I said, man, I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> and so when I went to that, when I went to that, pulled up to that, 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 that pawn shop, I had $10,000 in my pocket and I had raised over $500,000 that month, you know, in, 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 in real estate. And so I went in that one month from part of my golf clubs to not having almost a million dollars at my disposal because the individual that that began to invest in me as was shared, you know, they said, hey, I got 500,000, but I have another 500 if we need it. And so I began to be a buyer in the local market. And not less than 90 days later, I purchased a house on the golf course. You know, so I went from pawning my golf clubs to living on the golf course. And that was nine, almost 10 years ago now. And um, I can truly say that it was a journey. But the guy that I invest, that invested in me, we still invest together to this very day. And I'm just so appreciative and so thankful for, you know, the individual like that was shared that came along and believed in me in spite of my past. You know, I shared with them openly. I shared with them in tears. Man, I'm coming from prison. Uh, you know, I'm trying to find my way. I'm trying to provide for my family. I'm just trying to do right. And I want to do right this time. I made a lot of mistakes in life, but um, I'm not going to make those same mistakes again. And that individual was able to believe in me and give me that opportunity. And I went from nothing to we've done multiple millions of dollars together. Like I said, we still um, share, you know, a partnership as well as, but most of all, a friendship to this very day. And so I'm thankful for guys like that and others that came along mm-hmm. and not seeing the bad in you, not seeing, you know, the mistakes that you made, not seeing, you know, the, the trials that you that you encountered, but seeing beyond those things in you and seeing the good in you and saying that, you know what, there's more to you than, than what, you know, the mistakes that you made. I can recall a long time ago, I was, um, this one young lady, she came, well, she was a lady, she came to, um, she was in a visitation, and I just happened to be the photographer, visitate, visitation photographer. And the lady said, hey, man, you, there's something about you, you know, you don't look, you don't look like you're supposed to be here. <laughs> I was like, well, I, I tried to convince the judge of that, <laughs> but he's, he's different. <laughs> Yeah, and that's when he was in prison. He was the photographer. Wise decision, right? And here's the thing: you almost thank goodness we have had amazing connections and conversations because you were leaving out all of this part, and that one person taking that opportunity with you is giving you the ability to make a difference in Ghana. For mm-hmm. not just one, but for a tribe. Okay? So we don't need an army to change us. We need one person to believe in us besides ourselves. Mm-hmm. One person to walk hand in hand with us to say, I got gotcha. you. 
you've got me too, right? That's a partnership. Mm -hmm. People, when people start believing in one another, businesses will be built more soundly. It's when you are counting on skill sets to build a business versus people set, right? Skill sets Mm -hmm. are learned. You can't violate people and build a business. Yes, (laughs) absolutely. Appreciate that. Uh, so I'm grateful for that. And now here we are. And listen, he's investing in these things called tiny houses and yada, yada, yada. He's in masterminds that are like, uh, he's a genius. Hence why I'm sitting here chatting with him today, right? I get to pick oh, yes. your brain, right? Because your story is only one part of you, right? Your story is why it's so great to do business with you. Mm-hmm. It's because yeah. you're, you, have stood the test of time, fallen in that test of time, and rebuilt every freaking time. Yes, yes. And as um, I was sharing, the lady, the lady that spoke to me while I was in visitation, she says, just because you made a bad decision doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that you made a bad decision. And how many of us in life have made bad decisions? It may not have been a decision that have led us to prison or incarceration. It may not have been a decision to get behind the wheel of a car while we're totally exhausted and stressed out and we end up almost dying. But it may be a relationship decision. It may have been a, a, a decision, you know, with doing a certain thing in business or may have been a decision that was something that was not quite legitimate or above board. You know, but you just had to try to take shortcuts at the time you find yourself in a desperate dilemma. And so we don't always make the best decisions all the time, but we can allow those decisions to define who we are as a person and who we can rise up and be as a person. And so from hearing that from her, it just that was a game changer for me because I was always beating myself down and thought I had something to prove because I had made such bad decisions as a young kid. You know, based on the influences that were influencing my life, I just, I just, I just, I, and when she just was able to tell me that, hey, you're not a bad person. You just made bad decisions. Yeah. That changed a lot for me. And, and we got to remember that we've got a huge responsibility as a community, as a world, as a society to separate actions from loving one another, even ourselves. We all are going to act in ways that even ourselves, we don't approve of at times. Mm -hmm. And there are good, bad, or ugly, these things called consequences attached to them. Sometimes we act great and the consequences are great. Sometimes we know what we're doing and we know it's wrong and we still do it. And well, the consequences aren't so great and we repent for those, right? Mm -hmm. All of it is okay. All of it is okay because... Our life journey is meant to be experiential, not driven from textbook. And everybody's journey is different. And remove any part of yours, you know, you wouldn't be first who you are, nor making the impact that you are. Mm-hmm. Right? Same with me. Remove any part of mine. Would I want someone to live in the same footsteps that I've journeyed? No, never. I equally, because of those footsteps, I've now been able to help a lot of people. I can go to the dark where they are and still be the light of day for them. Because most of the time they only need 
that lighthouse that comes around once in a while for someone to go, Hey, there's someone there still for me. Like that guy was for you. Like that gal was for you. Right. It, and it's not big. That's what you're saying. First, a business person invested in you. And then second, a lady, she invested in you by seeing you. You don't look like you deserve to be here. And by the way, just because you acted bad doesn't mean you are bad. You are still loved. We are all still good. It doesn't mean, you know what? Tomatoes sometimes come out of rotten out of the ground. Does that mean all tomatoes are bad? Mm, not at all. Not at all. They're all sweet and tangy and juicy. And you know what I mean? It just means we got to keep going, right? P keep planting this seed in life. Keep playing in life. Freaking adults grow up and they forget to play. They think business is this world that's, I don't know, it's another matrix. I haven't even figured out how to get there. Because to me, like business and 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 play go together. I find a different playground. And that's what you're talking about too, man. You get to build a kingdom in Ghana to make a difference. To make a difference. I really appreciate you giving back. You don't need to repent for anything though, right? It's <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So please share about your building of your kingdom in Ghana because individuals, I'm sure, you know, I have business partners that were just over in Africa and speaking to all the schools about entrepreneurship and writing books and all of those things. So we are very much in alignment there. I love the, because my mission in life is eradicating poverty because there's many more geniuses out there that we don't even know they exist because they don't have food in their belly. They don't have shelter over their head. You know what I mean? They don't, the basic needs, clothes on their back, right? And so because they're always looking for those things, they can't even express their genius. So I'm grateful that you're giving back the basics of life that we have. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, over in, in, in Ghana, West Africa, um, the schools are um, focused on entrepreneurship. And um, even as the, uh, the king that appointed me, he was the, the media was questioning him and they say, why a school of entrepreneurship? And he was able to explain and articulate in a way that even intrigued me with regards to the present educational system as it stands in that particular area had failed them because it was, you know, it's a lot of poverty and impoverished situations in that area. And I truly believe that when you first change the mindset of a people, you can change the destiny of a people. And so that's why I selected educating. And from that education of building the school, we're building out uh, and developing a community. And from building and developing the community, we're developing the city. And from developing the city, um, it's developing the actual kingdom. And so it's, it's just it's just how things evolved, and it just uh, I'm just honored to, to take a part in, and be a part of everything that that is is, is going on, and as far as a part of my give back and making my life uh, worth meeting meaning. And so I'm just I'm I'm, I'm so grateful. I need to high five that president, by the way. 
Think about yeah. it, how profound his statement is. Our school yeah. system has failed us, as I equally feel here in the U.S. It is yeah. it is built off of an old system. Therefore, the evolution needs to it, all things need to evolve. We'll just say our school yeah. system here equally needs to evolve as you're doing it there. The wisdom inside of that king to say or no, no. Right. Uh, nah, <laughs> nah, nah. Yeah. Nah. I'm, just, I'm learning. <laughs> nah, nah, yeah. nah, nah. Is, um, it is just, it was profound because when you change, like you just said, the mindset of anything, you can change the money set of everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh-huh. Which is what entrepreneurship is. Yeah. Right? Entrepreneurship. Absolutely. Yeah. So how do people get a hold of you? Where's your conference? I know we'll, we'll put it out there as it comes up and gets a little bit closer, but where's the location? What are you, uh, uh, pl- where are you planning that please? Oh, well, it's actually going to be in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Um, the, the conference at this, at this moment as it stands. And so I, I, I can recall you, uh, when I kind of showed you the list of the speakers, you say, Hey, where are the females in here? <laughs> so I had to go back and readjust it. <laughs> yeah. So we're still in, in um, the planning phase with regards to the invites of uh, the speakers. I'm so grateful, you know. <laughs> but I'm also um, the, um, um, get a, developing my presence on Instagram. They introduced me to Instagram. I was one of those guys, you know, as my as my podcast called In and Out of the Trenches. I was in the trenches. You know, I've been in the trenches. Um, my business is uh, it's a give back. Uh, in many ways, I go back into the areas where I, you know, once, you know, terrorized these streets here in Jacksonville and I go and I buy the houses up and buy, buy the area up and revitalize them. That's what I love to do now. And so that's just been my focus. And I haven't been very much on media, social media and online and things of that nature. So therefore, I didn't have an online presence at all because I have been in the trenches. And so now I have to come out of the trenches and begin to give back and share with the individuals the riches that have come from, you know, being in the trenches. And so I'm just so grateful of the, the, the many kind and great hearted people that I'm, I'm meeting and come across. And I'm also thankful for the platforms such as the Game Changer podcast that allows individuals like myself to get their message out, to be introduced to the world and to share with others the impact that we are actually making. And it's just such an amazing um, uh, opportunity. And I'm so grateful for it. Kevin, so you're thankful. absolutely just freaking humble. Listen, audience, he didn't even talk about that, right? He's in the neighborhoods that he feels he once terrorized, that he really just grew up in. And without somebody being your guiding light, it is hard. Somebody in the dark will be your light and mm-hmm. you will follow without guidance, right? So thank you for giving back. Thank you for, you know... Um, Upgrading the neighborhood, just upgrading it, right? And when someone gets attention, they tend to pay attention. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, thank you for giving that to that community because there are no small people, just small minds, and you've got a huge mind, a huge heart. I am forever grateful that I had the opportunity to meet you. 
grateful I you're going to buy a house down here in Arizona. I, by my, in my neighborhood, I just need to figure out a way to get that to happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, because <laughs> this is just the beginning, right? Our responsibility, yeah. I'm just like you. We, we both do literacy. If someone is educated, kids cry because that's their way of communicating because they're not educated to know differently. Tend to Adults tend to scream because they don't know differently. If we can give mm-hmm. people the education they need to um, really be almost independent, but still work within a team and have a voice and stuff, the world will change. Right now, they just know people don't feel like they have a voice. So they scream and cry and do everything else because they don't have the tools to to um uh, to succeed. And you got educated. I've been educated and together. All we got to do is give some of that back and it will have that ripple effect on so many more. So thank you for being a guest. Thank you for being a friend. And, and thank you soon for being, I guess, a neighbor. <laughs> Won't you be my neighbor? And what uh, are your final words, please? And thank you. Well, I'm, uh, I thank you. It's, um, I thank you. It's, it's truly a privilege and an honor to be on the Game Changer podcast. Um, I stand for everything that the Game Changers stand for because it, it's the epitome of what has taken place in my life on several times in several situations. And so I'm just so elated and so thankful. And, and, and especially during the, the closing of 2022 going into 2023. Uh, just having new vision, having new insight, and having new determination, you know, determination never to be held back in whatever it is, but most of all, seeking to make the greatest impact. How can I empty myself of me, you know, as so many uh my mentors that say, die empty. Be sure to die empty. Don't die full. And I'm just so thankful because there was a time that I would have died full. When I was on that deathbed, with that, 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 what do you call the, the little uh, line? Deep, deep. If it just were a flat line, I would have been full. Although it was flat line, I was full. And on and every day that happens, you know, you go, there's so much potential that is in the grave. The grave is full of so many millionaires, so many billionaires, so much potential. And it's those of us who come to the light. And, uh, and and come across each other's path through the divine guidance of the universe that we're able to be a witness and be a, a beacon of hope to others and just share. So I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to share. And it's my prayer that I've struck the chord in someone that might have been ready to throw in the towel, ready to quit, not being able to find their way to say, man, you know, if Kevin can do it, so can I. You know, if Kevin can pull up and pull himself back up again and go down into the depths and depths again and health wise and pull himself back up again and just keep pulling himself back up and keep it moving um, in the midst of so many adversities and so, so many odds that were, you know, even the doctors, the professionals going from one professional to the next and say, man, there's no hope. There's no hope, you know, and, and in spite of that, continuously to remain hopeful in spite of there being no hope. Um, I just I'm just thankful to be able to share, you know, once again and just uh, be that beacon of hope and that beacon of light to someone else. I pray that it has ch- today and today's broadcast has changed the game for someone else, that someone else has gotten up and said, you know what? 
I'm going to really, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. I'm going to bring myself. I'm going to redeem myself. And just because I made bad decisions, it may have been a relationship decision. Just because I'm going through this divorce doesn't mean that I need to divorce myself from my creativity, from mm-hmm. the, the value and the purpose that I have in life. Just because I made this bad decision, some individuals I, I, I just so happen had to had an opportunity to talk with one of my dear friends two days ago and and the conversation went like this. You have a you have a prepaid call from a, a federal prison. And this guy here, I met him at a mastermind, a high level mastermind a few months ago. He was reaching out to me um, by way of text and we just never had an opportunity to really connect by way of text. And then I just so happened was at this mastermind and as we began to talk, I said, man, now, let me show you something. You're the same guy that was reaching out to me months ago. And they say, yeah, man, um, um, unfortunately, next month, November the 3rd, I'll have to um, I have to turn myself in to a federal prison for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. And he says, and this is a guy he's been involved in real estate for over 15 years. And he made some of the sort of choices and some decisions at the height of his career that led him in, um, into a situation. And so I was able to encourage him and give him, hey, that's it's not the end. It's just opportunity for a new beginning. And though you made some mistakes and though you're taking responsibility for those mistakes that you have made, you can begin again. You can come out much greater. You can come out with greater opportunity. And so I was, I was honored the other day to get that call from him. I said, keep in touch with me while you're on the inside. And so he was able to call me and share with me how he's doing on the inside. He's mentoring others. He's starting a, ma- a real estate mastermind on the inside. You know, and it was just, I said, man, it's a mission. You know, you, you have a mission. There's someone in there that needs to hear your story. There's someone in there that you need to reach. So it's, a, it's so it's so such a fortunate that we can turn our messages messes into miracles mm-hmm. and our messes into messages. So mm-hmm. I leave you with that. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. And may someone be fortunate enough to take what they've heard today on the Game Changer podcast and it changes their life for the better. This has been another episode of the Game Changing Podcast with your host, Anissa Acker. If today's episode has you stirred up with a fire in your belly, take action by subscribing and sharing this episode with a friend. And in the words of Rhonda Byrne, when we open our minds to the unlimited creative power, we call forth abundance and see and experience a whole new world. Go change the game.